So here's the deal. I'm not a PhD or an MRS. I'm not an Esquire. I'm not a CEO, CFO, or any of the above. I am Teddy Untitled. But what I can tell you for certain that I am is a doggy mom. That's right. I am a full-on obsessed with my dog's dog lover who refers to her dogs as her children, besides my daughter, obviously, which I refer to as their little sister. I want to talk to all the dog lovers out there in the world today and tell you some stories about things that have happened to me with pets. Maybe some of you can contact me and tell me about things that have happened to you with pets. Tell me all about it. I want to hear it and I want to share it. So here it goes. Are you still there? Good. I was hoping you would stay because who doesn't love hearing stories about doggies? This is not to say that I don't like other pets. I mean, I don't know if any of you follow Find Your Monkey content. I believe that's the handle on Instagram, but it's Georgie the Monkey. He's freaking adorable. And I have a lot of friends who have cats and I love their cats, but unfortunately I'm extremely allergic. So doggies are my jam and I I am allergic to some types of dogs it depends on their fur and their dander and actually so I currently have two dogs I have a senior citizen dachshund named Professor Walter Fitzgerald and he is a short-haired full-size dachshund and I have a mutt which I have mentioned before I, I believe he's like a I've been told he was like a dachshund terrier mix his name's Charles James Brown. I call him Charlie Brown. And unfortunately, I am allergic to Charlie Brown. And I love him to death. And he has the softest fur. And I just want to rub my face all over it and then break out into hives. <laughs> so so I, I, I do that sometimes, I will admit. But I try to take some allergy medicine when I'm around him or when I know that I've spent too much time with him because he does make me break out a little bit. And, you know, the, the itchiness and the watery eyes and all that nonsense. But I can't help it. I love him. He is my one bald bastard, as I mentioned in a previous episode when I found him at the shelter. He had one testicle. So I knew he was magical from that moment. But I want to start off by telling you why I decided to get pets, which is kind of a sad story, but then it evolves into all the happy stories about my beautiful boys. I've never been good at having pets. It's not that I'm not good at it per se, it's that I didn't ever feel like a deep attachment to them. They were more like accessories. And then I had the series of unfortunate events that I'd rather not go into, but it led me down a spiral of self-doubt, self-deprecation, depression, anxiety, all of those things that frankly you do not want to be dealing with, right? And I had roommates back and forth for a while, but 
Once they were all gone, I decided that I needed a little companion. I needed some little pet that would just give me a little more purpose when I wasn't working. So I went to the local shelter and walked around looking for dogs that looked like they needed extra help. You know, uh, special needs dogs, um, dogs that have anxieties or are displaying something, something that would give me a challenge because I was up for a challenge and I was up for helping something else so that I could feel of some use, if that makes sense. And as I was walking through these rows of cages of these poor, abandoned, or forgotten pets, I saw this little dachshund, this little wiener dog, sitting in the corner of one of the large kennels in the very far back. All the other dogs were bouncing around, jumping, barking, acting crazy, eating snacks, playing with each other. And he was in the back corner shivering and you could tell he hadn't eaten in quite a while so I asked if I could meet him in one of the little they have these little one-on-one rooms where you can get to know the pets the little like meet and greet rooms and at the time they had his name tag listed as Hank so I asked if I could meet Hank and we went to a little one-on-one room and it was just an empty room with a bench and as soon as I walked in they let him go off the leash and closed the door and he followed me around the room wherever I went which I thought to be an excellent sign as I sat down on the bench he jumps up on the bench next to me sits next to me and listens to all of the commands that I give him I tell him to sit I tell him to give me his paw I tell him to jump off the bench and he's just following all the commands as directed and looking at me with those doting loving eyes like we're meant to be together like you're the one you know I'm the one let's go home and said you know you don't look like a Hank to me you don't look like a Hank at all is your name Walter is that your real name and he perked up and he like bounced around and I was like that's your name sir that is definitely your name and by the way as I'm saying this he's sitting right next to me and his little head just popped up and he's staring at me because he knows I'm talking about him and he looks a little bit like he's smiling I should take a picture so y'all can see I'm gonna take a picture of him And I'll reference it as the picture I took while talking about Walter. He's very comfortable on his futon. It's like a little futon couch in my office that he sits on. So he was the one. And they had told me that he was a senior dog, a senior citizen. He was approximately 10 years old. So he was for free because the seniors were being given out for free. They had too many dogs in the kennels and people did not want to take senior dogs because obviously the life expectancy wasn't going to be as long as the younger pups. So I filled out his paperwork, got him his shot, took him home, gave him a bath, and I bought him a little sweater, put him in his little outfit, got him his little collar, learned that he had double ear infection, so we handled that business. Like, let's go back though, I learned he had a double ear infection from the vet, who also told me that there was no way he was 10 and he was actually 7. And mind you, this was um, probably about 7 years ago, so he's... You know, he's up there. He's up there. Uh, Had there not been a pandemic, we would have had a little quinceanera for him because I believe he is around 15 now. But I had a connection with this dog unlike any other dog I ever had. And he became my best friend. As ridiculous as that sounds to some of you, I know others will get it. We slept together, we ate dinner together, we walked together, we did everything together. He would get sick and I would hold him 
all night long until he felt better. He was my practice baby and he knew it. He has been the best dog I could possibly ever ask for in my entire life. He was literally heaven sent. He was a blessing. He was a prayer that came to reality and that's the only way that I can explain it because I wasn't expecting to find a dog that I would find a connection with and I wasn't expecting to find a dog that would make me feel better and that would provide that sort of dog therapy that you hear about, right? Like being around your pets does give you some some therapy, you know, the, the tactile functions of petting them, the eye contact, the excitement that your dog gets every time you walk in the room. Mind you, he's a sassy asshole now, but I think that's because he's taking after his mama, if you get what I'm saying. So he became my best friend in the whole world, and I had him for a solid year before I picked up Charles. And he saved my life. You know, a lot of people say, you know, save a life and adopt, or adopt, don't shop, saving the dog's life especially with senior dogs because nobody wants them because they're old. But I can honestly tell you that I did not save his life. He saved my life. I went down a spiral of serious depression. And now I'm going to forewarn you explicit content to follow in regards to sensitive topics. There came a time in which I was done with trying to live. I was being bullied excessively at work. I mean, I would cry on my way to work and cry on my way home. And my friends know about this. I was bullied to no end at work. And other than work, was at home alone with the dog. And I had hit a wall. I had hit a breaking point. And I remember making a noose and wrapping it around my neck and walking around the house trying to find where to anchor it from. And I was bawling my eyes out. I mean, just crying. You know when you cry so hard, and maybe you don't know what this is like, and I really hope you don't. But you know when you cry so hard that it hurts deep in, like, all of your intestines, right? Like, you are crying with every muscle of your body. You are crying and you are using every ounce of you. Your chest hurts, your stomach hurts, your throat hurts, your face hurts, your eyes hurt. Feel like you're breaking ribs with these wails of pain. It was that sort of pain that I was feeling. And Walter looked scared and confused. And as I was looking for an anchor, he walked up to me and bit my hand. Just bit it as hard hard as he could bite. I had teeth marks and blood on my hand. And in that moment, that feeling, that pain, that blood, that dog who loves me pulling on my hand so hard, it was like it snapped me into reality. As soon as he did it, I looked down at him and I said, what are you doing? And then I looked at my hand and I looked at him again and I looked at what I was doing. I realized that he was stopping me from making a huge mistake and he was saving his mommy's life. And he did. He did. He saved my life. After that, I I stopped what I was doing. I went and I cleaned off my hand and the whole time he was stuck to me like he would not let me leave his sight. And I sat down and he sat down on top of me and we just snuggled and I apologized to him. 
I apologized to him for almost leaving him homeless again. I apologized to him for scaring him. And that's when I realized, I mean, I realized it sooner than that, but that's, that's kind of one of the big aha moments of like, your pet is more than just an accessory. Your pet is your family. They may not speak in words, but they love you and they will communicate with you. And so that is the story of how Walter saved my life. So I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do for transitions of topics, but that's something that I was playing around with. And it was funny because I was playing around with the string section of, of that. And as it was playing, the baby peanut came up to me and started going, ooh, ooh, like along with the tone. And I thought that was adorable. Anyway, I digress. So Walter saved my life and became my bestest friend in the whole world. At the time that I had Walter was around the same time that I finished undergrad and then at the same time that I was in grad school. And that's where Walter earned his PhD. I started taking Walter to school with me because he's such a chill dog. He's so calm. He's really obedient. And so I knew that he wasn't going to get restless or act crazy. And I thought it was a fun way for him to get out of the house because if any of you have ever gone to grad school or just night classes, right? You're at school for hours, like hours of time. And at that time, I didn't work from home. So I would go to school right after work or I would go home, feed Walter and then go straight to school. So as you can imagine the poor guy spent a ton of time alone as soon as I realized that I was able to bring him to class with me I was like well he's going to school so Walter went off to college everybody loved him he got his doctorate because he became Professor Walter. I'm going to have to find some pictures that I have of him sitting in the classroom at Sacramento State University. It's adorable. He made a lot of friends there, a lot of fans. And that's just the story of Walter. You know, he's just the chillest dog. He did have some health problems early on, but we, we came through and we're better for it. And then I thought, man, I bet he's a little lonely. I bet, you know, I'm going to school. I'm going to work. I bet he needs a friend. Y'all, he did not want a friend. So <laughs> I got him Charles thinking that this would be a companion, a BFF for him to hang out with and play with when I wasn't home. But as I mentioned in an earlier episode, you know, Charles only had one testicle. So he had to have surgery for them to, I guess they'd like find the, the other testicle that didn't drop and then they have to remove that. 
So the first week that Charles was here, he was in my office, kind of quarantined because he required a lot of medical attention. You know, he required medicine and he required rest. And so, and he was very lethargic. He couldn't move. And I didn't want Walter to be an aggressor towards him while he was still healing. So he was quarantined. And so Walter, I think this is where I made the mistake because Walter knew there was a dog in my office. And he knew that I would go in there and close the door behind me and then be alone with that dog, you know, holding him and feeding him and all of the things. And then I would come back out covered up in the smell of another dog that he couldn't be around. And that I don't know if that made him feel like I was treating Charles like he was special. I'm not sure, but it definitely affected him because once Charles healed up and came out to play, it was a no-go for Walter. He was uninterested. He did not like him. As a matter of fact, I have a large ottoman, a large leather ottoman, and it's very huge. And Walter would climb on top of that thing. And then as soon as he saw Charles, he would jump off to land on him like sneak attack. That's how like insanely jealous and uninterested and really when it comes down to it, just wanted to get rid of Charles. It was the most hilarious thing. He just was like, this, this dog's got to go. This is my house. This is my mom. So it took a really long time for Walter to tolerate Charles. I'm not going to say that they became best friends or anything. They tolerate each other. Even when I take them on walks to this day, they don't walk near each other. You don't really ever see them play together. If they see other dogs, Charles is the one that gets aggressive and starts kind of like barking and being like, hey, bitch. And Walter could care less. Walter, I learned, gives zero fucks about any other animal in existence. It is the funniest thing. Other dogs are around they want to play with him and he's like nah I'm good we go to the park and we see squirrels and Charles is losing his mind and Walter's just like yeah what's what's the big deal it's a little squirrel calm down we we like to go to the um down to the creek and look at the geese and Walter has gives zero fucks Walter gives zero fucks and I love that about him that is probably one of my most favoriteest things about him is that he gives zero fucks He lives in his own world, he does his own thing, and you just have to deal with it. Because at the end of the day, he's still my boy. He's still my sweet, precious boy. If I want to snuggle with him, he'll snuggle with me. It's just funny how he behaves towards other animals. And then we have Charles, who has gained a lot of weight since I adopted him. And people blame me. But let me tell y'all, he doesn't eat people food. He doesn't eat a bunch of snacks. And when I feed them... Walter basically bullies Charles out of most of the food. So I don't know if it's a thyroid issue. I don't know what the deal is, but Charles has definitely gotten super chunky and doesn't eat that much. So I'm not sure the deal is with that, but he's a sweet kid when he's inside the house. I often refer to him as the dog version of Garfield because he just likes to lie around. He's a little lump. He doesn't want to be bothered. If somebody comes in the house, Walter gets all excited, investigates, wants to see who it is. Charles could give a fuck. That's when he doesn't give a fuck. He just wants to sit on his, on the chair. I have like one of those extra large uh, single person chairs. It's like a little couch. And he sits on that thing and looks out the window and could give zero fucks about anything going on in his surroundings. You have to actually push him towards getting off his ass. It's 
the funniest thing. Because then we go out for a walk and he's trying to pick fights with every single dog he sees. Whereas Walter, we're at home, anybody comes in and he's ready to fight. But we go out for a walk and he gives zero fucks. So it's an interesting dichotomy, but it works, right? Because I have one protector in the streets and one protector inside the house. So it works. It works for us. There was a third, a third dog in the house up until not too long ago. My beautiful, handsome baby boy, only two years old, Vincent Vincenzo, who was part Chihuahua, part Italian Greyhound. So he was an Iggy, very lanky, very thin, very awkward, very sweet. You could tell he came from a house that must have been, and I don't even know if he came from a house, to be honest with you, but you can tell he came from an abusive situation. And it took a long time for him to get used to me and to get used to the house and get used to the other dogs and bless his heart because he's goofy as all get out and was always trying to play with them he tried his best and he he's a good dog he really really is and unfortunately when I got pregnant he was fine he was fine when I was pregnant he liked snuggling with my belly and everything so I thought that he and peanut would be like bffs right He's a baby. She's a baby. I thought that that was the dog that she was going to grow up being side by side with. And then a tragic situation happened where she was able to walk and he stopped wanting to come inside the house. And he stopped wanting to be near her or near me. And I don't know if he has like experience with being abused by maybe children. Unclear. But at one point we had like a week of just rainstorms, which is very rare here. But it it was like just one week. And I kept trying to get him to come inside. But every single time he saw the baby, he would run back outside. And he would run back outside and he would just stand at the window staring at me, shivering drenched in rain right and this went on every single time it rained it didn't matter what the weather was actually it didn't matter what it was he refused to come inside I would try to you know trick him inside with treats I would try to get him to come inside with food and it came to a point where it made me extremely worried for his health and I didn't want him to have a poor quality of life knowing that he came from a situation where he was already likely abused So I spoke with my brother who at this point, right, we're in the pandemic and his dog who was very, very old passed away. And, you know, after some grieving time, he had decided that he wanted to adopt again. And so I proposed a rehoming and I know some people get really judgmental about that. Like, why get a dog if you can't afford him or you can't this or you can't that? But you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of background to it, right? When I got Vinny, when I got Vinny, y'all, I got him when I did my very last IVF treatment and I didn't get pregnant. And I was devastated. I mean, I had one, one egg and it didn't take. And I was crushed. It took everything out of me. And when I saw Vinny, who needed somebody to love him so desperately, and my heart was broken into so many pieces, I took him in. And I don't regret it. I miss him terribly. I miss him so so much. I I mean, when I started working from home, one of his favorite things to do is to just sit on my lap. I'd be in Zoom meetings and he'd be sitting on my lap. But the problem is the baby. As soon as I was done with work and I would go pick up the baby from my parents' house, 
he would refuse to come inside, would refuse to eat, would refuse to go near her. And it became a huge problem and it broke my heart. But I knew that he would get a really lavish lifestyle with my brother. He's not loaded, but he is a bachelor. So I knew that like his dog was going to get a high quality of life, which, which he does. I get pictures regularly with the caption, Vinny is living his best life. So I am super grateful that he's living his best life and that he's happy where he's at. And I told my brother, you know, anytime you don't want him anymore, you send him home. I'll take him. Don't be giving him to no one. So at least he stayed in the family. But the goofiest dog you could ever imagine, go to my Instagram. You'll see pictures of him. There's still a bunch of pictures up. He's the white dog. He's just so dorky. I'll post some updated photos of him and of Walter and Charles so y'all can see them. But they are the goofiest bunch and I still consider Vinny part of the family because he's still in the family. So tell me your stories about your pets. Tell me about the crazy things that have happened to you. I mean, I know we didn't get a chance to record it in Pocket Candy because David is dealing with his big move, but not too long ago I got a text message from his husband saying that they woke up to the dog throwing up on David and the dog was throwing up on David and to add insult to injury the dog was throwing up diarrhea of the cat I was dead y'all I was dead I was laughing so hard and apparently the cat was covered in the diarrhea and it smelled horrid and Wesley David's husband was scrubbing the cat and dry heaving and it was a whole fiasco that I was I I can't even tell you how hard I was laughing that entire time so tell me your stories I would love to hear from you <laughs> 